Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. I'm Rebecca King-Ferraro. And I'm Michael Sean Breeden. And you're listening to Conversations on Dance. Hi, Rebecca. Hi, Mikey. How are (laughs) you? Good. It's just us today. And we're doing our annual um, faves. Faves of 2023. Best um, dance performances or dance-related material we got to experience this year. Yeah. you know, I always love this because it's fun. To, I I always go back through and like look on my phone and see what things I've seen this year. So it's always a fun little, um, you know, way to re- recall all the joy that dance has brought us outside of the sent, podcast. When you sent the list, I was like, oh, oh, yeah, this is good. Good, good, good. <laughs> like, mm-hmm, I had like forgotten mm-hmm. them, but you're right. It's fun to like sit and look yeah. back and see see what we've seen, you know? Yeah. Only thing I feel a little bit guilty about is I just, you know, fair warning to our listeners. It is a little New York centric. Uh, normally, I feel like I get more of an opportunity to see things outside of my bubble. But this year, it just didn't really happen. Even when I was able to, you know, go work with other companies, I didn't get to see them do things that I didn't do. So I feel, I mean, as much as I love the places I work, I'm not going to be like, my staging of <laughs> this ballet is my best of 2023. You know, th- these dancers are fabulous and they deserve recognition. But, uh, you know, I feel like it's a conflict of interest. That's so, so good. Well, I feel like we get talk- into what we did see. And we've talked about a lot of things that we wish we could have seen, too. So there were a lot of things on the podcast, too, that I'm sure if we had seen them, we would have added it to our list. But it's just yeah. hard. Well, to... this is one New York centric thing that I'm probably going to miss. I think I'm going to miss it um, is that I'm not going to see. But India Bradley's Dewdrop has been all over the social media this week. And that's something that I know you and I both would have. We've talked about that for ages. Something we want to see like that. We could like dream casting. I think we could just put it on the list and just assuming it was fantastic. You know, I think yeah. that's safe to say. <laughs> yeah. 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 For sure. Yeah. I mean, maybe I'll get lucky and get to see her. I am going to Nutcracker on Thursday. So I don't Who know. I know that Mira is doing Sugar Plum. Mira. 
Yeah. That's okay. Add it to the list. Is doing sugar plum. <laughs> yeah. We could just preemptively add it to the list. There were actually a lot of things. I mean, I actually felt like I couldn't just, (laughs) I mean, you know, this is just a Mira Stan account, but there were even, you know, she, she does get a peripheral mention on one of the things that I have listed, but then I was like, Ooh, well, actually two of the things. Okay. Anyway, we'll get to it when we get to it. But Mira's sugar is undoubtedly going to be very exciting. And yeah, I want to just, that made me think of not pawn. We were talking yesterday. We were texting with our friend, Kate Penner, friend of the pod, about the music for um, the grandpa in Nutcracker and just thinking about that. And then I was thinking about how they did it this year in Vail. And I just really do think, because we're just talking about how great the music is, how great the choreography is, like do it every year in Vail, do it in the summer. Why not? Like Mm -hmm. (laughs) if no one was like, oh no, Nutcracker right now, it was just so wonderful and enjoyable. And Miriam was so beautiful in it. That was Mm -hmm. fun too. Also that, like it's it's just check a gorgeous potato that's balancing and Tchaikovsky and doesn't necessarily like that music to me doesn't have an association with the commercialization of Christmas. It's just that's for not, us. that music isn't anywhere. It's just ballet. Mm-hmm. Like it's not like the Russian dance that's in co- TV commercials or or the Sugar Plum solo Very, or any of that music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really true. Um, it's, so. it's definitely I wonder why. I guess it's just like too slow maybe or. Well, the, you know, the first part of it, maybe. I don't know, but that's true. It's really just like not used at all. But that's the thing. Yeah. It really could be if it weren't for like being feeling so associated with Nutcracker for dancers and Christmas, it could totally be a standalone potada because it's just yeah. beautiful. Yeah. If we do Swan Lake or Sleeping Beauty mm-hmm. in the summer, then why not? Yeah. We'll, I love we'll it. start a, you know, we'll sign the petition. Sign the petition <laughs> to see it every year. <laughs> yes, that's good. Maybe one year we should do like favorite things and have people vote. That'd be fun to kind of do like. Yeah. Well, I was thinking, you know, especially since I, we've already confessed that this isn't going to be as broad of a list as I would liked mm-hmm. maybe our listeners can respond in our social media posts and tell us what their favorite mm. um dance performances or dance uh yeah. media moments were of the year yeah we'll start out that's great we'll do a post and we'll have everybody comment because that'd be so fun to hear what what everyone's been seeing there's so much great dance obviously everywhere and we just mm-hmm. can't all get to it all you know that was mm-hmm. one of the things in the pandemic that was I don't want to say fun, but it was like that, you know, when everybody was doing video, it was nice to be able to see so many. And I think a lot of that has stuck around. Honestly, I feel like I'm seeing so much on social media of Nutcracker right now, like maybe more than normal. Like a lot of videos are happening and um, it's interesting to be seeing that. I I feel feel the same. Yeah. Yeah. People are really getting it out there. It feels like Uh, a lot. Should we start our list? Let's start our list. What do you want to start with? Well, and then and then we'll catch up afterwards because I do want to hear like what you've been up to and what you have coming up. Sure, do we want to yeah. do that after our list? Yeah, because yeah, then if we'll people want to yeah. turn it off and be like, we don't care what you guys are doing, they can just <laughs> <laughs> turn it off. <laughs> yeah, they just want right. to hear. If you if you just want a best of, here it is. There you go. So should we start at the bot, not the bottom of our list, or do you just want to go like well, in no particular order? We can just go in no particular order. No particular yeah, order. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you what do you have? Tell me what. Tell me what okay. you're thinking. Well, one thing. Um, that we both really loved that we finally got to see at the Vail Dance Festival. I believe it had its premiere at, at a city center season for Martha Graham Dance Company, but it's uh, Hofa Schechter's Cave, which is just so wild and free and 
like you just I mean, it makes you want to get up and dance as most good dance does. Um, but it's kind of just like being dropped into a rave and that somehow still has a lot of form to it. But mm-hmm. it's primarily yes, I, I love the choreography, but it's like such a triumph of the Martha Graham Dance Company dancers. They're just who we are obsessed with, all of them, you know. Mm-hmm. And they're so completely abandoned and free and wild and just f- magnetic. And I just can't, we couldn't get enough of it. We saw an excerpt on the opening night, I think. And then mm-hmm. they did the the full um, work the following night. And it was just I incredible. I see it every night. I want to see it every night, always. I... You know what was interesting about it for me? Because I think a lot of times I'll, and I'm sure you feel the same way. I know you do. We've talked about it. When you see a ballet, you're like, let's say like a very, a ballet ballet, you're watching a Balanchine ballet and you feel like towards the end, you're like, oh, that would be so fun to dance. Like I feel it mm-hmm. in my insides. I don't know how to explain it. Like you almost yeah. get like chills, right? That you like put yourself out there in your head and you're like, that would feel so good to dance. And I don't think that maybe like an audience necessarily feels that way. But in something like this, you knew the audience all around us, dancers or no, were like, I want to move. Like people were standing up. Like I'm almost getting chills, like thinking about it. Like it Mm -hmm. instilled that feeling in everyone, which I think was so cool. And Mm -hmm. I I remember I I would feel that way a lot of times in Twilight Tharp's Upper Room too, which Miami City Ballet did so much when we were in the company. And they just did this past... um, just this past program one. So in the fall, but um, I would get that feeling too. And I think the audience would as well. And I just think that's such a, a triumph too, in its own way to make people who aren't right. dancers feel what we feel, you know? Yeah. And I also feel like I'm doing a disservice to the work by just being like, it's a rave. I don't know how to describe it in I a way know. that make it sound. Um, Cause that could, could be really a very cheap tactic, you know, like, sure. Like, like, in the sort of way that we're like a movie like center stage boils down to like ballet, boring and stiff and jazz fun, you know, it's like, sure. Ooh, we're at a rave. It's fun. I don't know how to explain it other than I just think it's something that needs to be seen and experienced. Totally. And I think what it is too, is that it's, there's something organic about it in the dancing while, while it's very structured and I would, ah, this would be interesting to know. And we just had Lloyd Knight on. It would have been good to ask him. I'm just thinking of it now. Lloyd, get at us. Um, but I wonder if there were sections that were, um, improv, improv that were improv. I wonder because they're <laughs> sorry, my brain is like a mess. Um, because there, I mean, there's so many moments of structure, but then there's moments even just like when they're all standing on stage very quietly and just doing like an arm here and there mm-hmm. with the music. Like, yeah. I don't know. It would be interesting. Yeah. To kind of hear more about. Well, there were definitely that. was, I mean, I don't know if you remember Lorenzo Pagano's. Um, oh, wow. big solo yeah like that that changed from night right. to night i remember that definitely so definitely i think those solos are primarily improv and that was definitely like a um like what would that be like at a club when everybody's in a circle and clapping for someone and someone pops in and dances uh, and then it like pops out like that was the feel almost like a dance-off yeah. a dance-off yeah <laughs> oh my god yeah. i love battle <laughs> that's right because didn't it was like a battle didn't one night he had like a stocking that he put over his face or something oh my god that was amazing. but not the first night right just the second night so yeah it's definitely so lorenzo had just done this gram work earlier in the night uh errand into the maze and it has uh, like a sort of what would you call that like a head 
something uh, like yeah it was it was definitely like a nod <laughs> it's, to that. Like a, it's like a ski mask basically. right <laughs> but um like a, with a, like a very thin material that he can see out of mm-hmm. of course but that, it's a very it's an important part of that costume and then he brought that part of the costume back out for his improv section only which was kind of hysterical but also just so amazing and like a fun way to tie it into the prior piece it. like to um but he didn't do that the night before mm-hmm, right um, so that must have been just, yeah there must be this like yeah. do whatever anyways i just think if you ever because i'm sure they're going to take that on they're already touring it right i'm sure they're going mm-hmm. it's going to someday come to a city near you and go see it because it's just so yeah it's so fun i would love to see it like i feel like it also um merits multiple viewings like you'll see something new each time i'm sure and like we're saying too it could vary from night to night in certain places so super fun we love the martha graham girlies (laughs) (laughs) they're just just fabulous so we have two retirements on the list and while Mm -hmm. of course the individual performances are something worth mentioning but it's more about the entire careers of these people and what they represent so first up i have russell jansen who mm-hmm. retired with jewels mm-hmm. um and of course the actual performance was incredible well firstly i was going to say that the whole performance i was just so happy to see everyone dancing so beautifully indiana woodward did a, an incredible interpretation of violette um verity's solo in emeralds i mean she looks like violette it's really mm-hmm. wild but then the core was just so vivid and alive and then you had mm-hmm. mira in the tall girl of rubies who's just so leggy and um you know mysterious and chic and wonderful um and then the performance where like the thing that just gutted me was the way sarah looked at russell the mm-hmm. whole performance and it was just like you knew she was just holding on to every yes yeah, sarah Mearns, every second and just um and then russell just you know deploying his um, trademark elegance and humility and just being the consummate um, partner that he is um, just so wonderful. And I think that um, another beautiful thing about this moment was that he had written this New York Times article that week about um, what it meant to retire and, you know, the, the loss of identity, the shift in identity and um, Russell's so intelligent and, I feel like he was able to express things that you and I and other retirees, um, you know, have a hard time verbalizing sometimes. And it was um, so it was just a wholly moving evening. And, um, you know, Russell, thank you for your beautiful career. We love you. I'm going to yeah. um, link to that um, article because as you were talking to, I was like, oh, we have to talk about the article. It was really beautiful. So we'll put that um, a link in here, too. But and of course, I didn't see it, but. We were sending videos back and forth to each other, but God, there was this one clip that was online. Maybe we'll um, share that of Sarah looking at him. And this is the part you're talking about, I'm sure. And I mean, I I watched Mm -hmm. it like five times and was like absolutely crying. Mm -hmm. And it was just, I mean, I don't know them very well, you know, but like you could just tell this like deep connection of dancing together for so many years. Again, it's one of those moments you like put yourself in it in a way, you know, like it's so bittersweet and sad and beautiful and well i'm sure it was so nice to be there for them 
Yeah, I'm really very felt very lucky. I got to experience that with them. But yeah. one thing, the, the other retirement on our list is something we got to experience together, which mm-hmm. is Trisha Albertson's final performance in Symphony in Three Movements. And I mean, there's just not, yeah, there's just not enough. There aren't enough nice words to mm. platitudes to go out to <clears throat> what Trisha meant for my city ballet. I mean, of course, she's a fabulous dancer. I think. I had to give a little speech at the retirement party and I was listing off all the things she did. And like, I mean, it's just so amazing the diversity of her rep and what she did from the time she was like a baby at 17. Uh, she, I think Edward hired her right into the core from Miami City Ballet, I believe, from, sorry, cool. School of American Ballet. Oh, right, and, right. Mm-hmm. and then started doing, you know, crazy principal parts. I mean, this this was the fun game I used to play with her and uh the delgados like hardest triple bill ever (laughs) um and i mean i know that she said that i don't know if this was her debut but there was a point where she had to do emeralds pot de trois into rubies into diamonds core like regularly (laughs) it's just so silly (laughs) Um, (laughs) but yeah she was just like from the, such a young age was doing so many things and like really helping hold up the company Mm -hmm. um and then she just blossomed into this like incredible artist that every younger person wanted to model themselves after. She also was there through like every era of Miami City Ballet. So then you have someone who is carrying the history in their body, you know, like she was there at the, at, you know, so she joined, I guess Miami City Ballet was less than 10 years old. So she's kind That's of seeing right. the old Miami City Ballet, you know, like in the old studios, the road, right. old studios. There's still sort of a scrappy organization. Start up a that, little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And then she's there as the company becomes more established under Edward and starts to have these big tours that are very acclaimed and, um, you know, hits the 50 dancer mark, which is around where it's been, um, you know, for a decade or so. And mm-hmm. uh, and then, of course, under Lourdes as well. So she's really held that company together for so long and um so i just felt like watching her in that final performance you saw like everything she'd ever done mm. in a single ballet i love trishy so much i she was it was just so amazing too because i mean i think that was the spirit of miami city ballet for sure it was like there were principles but they were still your friends like trisha was always our friend even though she was like this you know, maybe in other places could be like this big principal dancer who could have like a big head or something, but she's just like the most down to earth, the most lovely person and would help you. And, right. you know, and, yeah, and, and, and to, sorry. Yeah. I, well, I was going to say just to um, clarify, like we were both apprentices when Trisha was already a principal. Yes, and exactly. So she, always, she was a principal our whole yeah. career. Right. Totally. Mm-hmm. But like we would just like, I used to stand by her at the bar in the theater and we would just have so much fun. I have so many memories of that. And I remember the, when we were doing Ballo de la Regina, that was like a kind of big program for me. I had like a little solo Mm -hmm. when she was doing the principal role. And I remember being at the rosin box with her and her just being like so nervous. And she was just like, I'm so scared. And I was like, how are you, you scared? Like you're Trisha, what are you talking about? But it was like, there was something really beautiful in that moment of just sitting there together, being really scared. I don't know. And then just like still doing it. And I don't know. It was like a beautiful, it felt special, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And I mean, of of course, 
Well, I was like, I got to be her, her ballet husband one year. We partnered in every program at least like once or twice. And Mm -hmm. I love dancing with her, but I also feel like there was something special for the women. Like when, when you had Trisha leading you, I felt like you guys always, no, no, no. It's something you look forward to. It's just, you know, it just meant a little bit, not to drag other people, but you know, it meant a little bit more like like having Trisha at the front just felt special for you guys. And I know that you always um, like fed off of her. Mm-hmm. light and mm-hmm. beauty and that you know it was always something that the 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 women looked forward to i remember in the show that i got thrown in to polyphonia with the first cast mm-hmm. i had never done it with them before and it was just like at intermission it was like you have to do it and i was like oh my god and so <laughs> I, <laughs> and so i'm like freaking out <laughs> And so there's a point where I don't know, it was like the third movement or something. Do you remember the moment where because my couple and the Trisha couple wouldn't dance together very much. But there's one moment where the women flip upside down. The men are facing the wings. The women flip upside down into a split and you look across the stage and you see each other. And so normally I would see whoever I danced with and I flipped upside down and saw Trisha. And I was like, oh, my God, I was seen with Trisha by myself. I like I could cry oh, thinking wow. about it. Like it, yeah. it just gave me this beautiful <laughs> smile. Like, oh, it's nice to see you. And I was like, I cannot believe this moment's happening to me right now. <laughs> that is so pretty fun. crazy. Yeah. Oh, because that's I mean, that was really I, I don't know. We I feel like we've never told that story on the pod. That was pretty chaotic. We, yeah, you, yeah. I mean, you just we did. It's on the program with Ballo. So we were talking about Ballo. Already. It's that same uh, program. Ballo, Ballo opened and then the lead of Ballo, who was the first cast of your part in Polyphonia, the waltz in Polyphonia, mm-hmm. she was like sick during mm-hmm. Ballo. So she finished Ballo, but then can't do Polyphonia. And so then when did you find out that you had to do Polyphonia? How you, you bowed for Ballo and then you went to the dressing room because you were going to wait. And took um, my hair out because I was going to have to change it for Saranon. So my hair was out. French twist. Roma once in was like, Micah, we're going to have to do this. And I was like, what? And then I was like, where's Giovanni? Because... That for sure you could not do with someone else's partner, like in two seconds. There was no right. way. And so Giovanni was my, who's now um, at City Ballet and was my partner. And she's like, he's in the audience. He's getting dressed. And I was like, what? We were just like <laughs> freaking out. I was like doing my hair. And and then so that program was Balo. So I did the core first cast and then the core of Serenade second cast in that same program. Or sorry, in first cast. And then in second cast, I did Ballo Solo. I did Polyphonia Waltz Girl. Oh, and then I did Russian Girls and Serenade. So it was Art. like, that was my hardest program ever, which I know I'm not like other people have had harder programs, but it was That's exhausting. So then, so then that weekend, because it was Broward weekend, I did three Polyphonias. It was, I remember being so exhausted, but it was so mm. fun. Highlight of my life, honestly. Yeah, we love yeah. it. We love, we love it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that Trisha <laughs> moment was super cool and special. And we love our Trishy. Yeah. And so now love she's um, working with Miami City Ballet, passing it on as a rehearsal oh. director. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she's a rehearsal director now. And that's so lucky for all those dancers. I already know. I can already feel like word is word on the street is that like the energy is already great. And she's like the things that she's working on like some things that you know i've just been in the rep for a long time but then trisha's bringing some like a special new energy to it and um yeah so i'm sure that yeah i'm jealous i I wish i had had trisha coach me when i was jealous how fun that's so great for them i love it 
Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Okay, so this next person on the list is someone that I feel like I maybe mentioned to you by a text or something, but mm-hmm. I, I saw this performance of The Dream at ABT. Um, it was on a bill with Bally Imperial. Um, and Can we talk about Bally Imperial? You still haven't told me about that, but next, after this, because okay. mm-hmm. I wanted to see to hear about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So this guy, Jake Roxander was doing Puck and Ashton's dream. Mm-hmm. And it is, I was trying to like catalog impressive debuts that I've seen. And it is just very high up there. It was so, so it, was, cool. it was in terms of virtuosity, the most, Im- probably the most impressive thing I've ever seen in a first impression. Like, or someone new on the scene, you know, it's like yeah. he's in the court of ballet. It's not like I saw, like, you know, I don't know, the first time I saw Angel Correa and, yeah, you know, when he's like a principal that has been there for 15 years and it's just the last time I've seen him, the first time I've seen him. This is right. like, a, like this, this is, this is Suzanne Farrell just been born type stuff. I'm talking, you know, like <laughs> um, it was just insane because it's the, the technical and virtuosic achievement is off the freaking charts. Like, Every time, I mean, his his jump is like he has springs in his tendons, and um, but every single time he's gonna do, you know, six, seven, very clean pirouettes and with the easiest finish. But like that's to say nothing of his charisma, uniqueness, nerve, and talent. No, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. That's that's to say <laughs> nothing of his. <laughs> That's to say nothing of his charisma and his musical choices. Like, it's never greedy. It's never tacky. It's just so exciting. He always finishes, you know, it's like if it, he had to do pirouettes into a double tour, it's like you think he's going to be late and then it's like pitch perfect, you know. Mm. He just speeds up the tour at the end to make sure that he, you know, it's like I just was really blown away. Cause, oh. And then I was, so I was going through, I was like my favorite debuts, and but they're all women. So he's the first kind of man, male, male presenting artists that I've seen that I've had this feeling about where like the very first time, you know, right. I love many male dancers, but like, sure. otherwise my list is just, it's Mearns and Swan Lake, Mira and Scotch Symphony at SAV. And um, the first time I saw Asapova when she did Giselle at um, the Met, when it was like, she was, she had come from Russia. I mean, she was a famous dancer still, but I just like, those are the things that stick out to me where I'm just like, Oh my God, I am witnessing the birth of a star. And that's this guy, Jake Mm. Roxander. So do we have him on the list for guests? We should put him on our list. We need, we we need, need. um, apparently he was also similarly 
fantastic in etudes the night prior. That also, was the same time, and, and right? The same program. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was yeah. on the same same fall season at ABT. Mm-hmm. Um, also crazy. I don't know if you saw this. I don't know. Was it Point Magazine? Maybe posted this that like. Um, so he and his brother are both dancers. His brother's in Pennsylvania Ballet, or sorry, Philadelphia Ballet. Um, and his father was also a dancer. Wow. Not 100% sure where, uh-huh. but they have all worn the same Puck costume. They Stop all have done it. Puck and Ashton's dream, and they wore the same costume. Both of these guys, they're wearing their dad's costume. How how sweet is that? That's so cool. I yeah, didn't see I mean, that. The, I have to look for that. The articles write themselves, you know. Um, <laughs> That's the nice, sweetest so. thing. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So I would love to get him on. Maybe get the whole fam on. That'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Okay. Making a note. Yeah. But I want to hear too. I, I know we like texted about Ballet Imperial, but we haven't really gotten a chance to like talk about it on the pod because um, one of our favorite ballets ever, wouldn't you say? Certainly mm-hmm, one of my definitely. favorites to dance for sure. I just, I remember when we did Ballet Imperial in the program, you know, when we, we used to perform a lot, thank God we were so, so lucky, but there would be times where it'd be like towards the end of a program, like, Ooh, I'm a little sick of this ballet. And I remember every time we did Ballet Imperial, I was like, I could never be sick of dancing this ballet. It's just so good. So good. Um, And so I was loving the ABT post and especially like our, you know, our friends Isabella Boylston and James Whiteside talking about like how hard it was. I was, I was yeah. interesting to see because of course, like we didn't dance a principal role in a three act ballet. We don't know what that feels like. And so I loved them being like, Oh my God, this is like as hard as a three act ballet. It was so interesting to see. And yeah. so I just want to hear how it was. And they, cause they had different costumes of course, than what mm-hmm. we wore. I like, I'm pro tutu. Mm-hmm. I, I like the tutus, but I also love the longer skirts. I mm-hmm. think it's just, it's fun to see both. I, I enjoy seeing both. Um, you know, I wasn't in love with the Tempe. I'll lie. I won't lie. I won't lie. <laughs> well, the other thing is that I just felt like, um, no, I felt like it was a minor disservice to the dancers because of course, Isabella can really keep up. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it just would have been thrilling to watch her, um, James's parts, I think, were a little bit uh, better yeah, in terms of tempo. Mm-hmm. But um, there were times where I'm just like, oh, I want to see Isabella like eat this up. I want to yeah. see her just like <laughs> go for broke, you know, and like match the tempo. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, so maybe next time. <laughs> <laughs> That's not something, of course, the dancers have control over either, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the, yeah it was nothing about the dancing. Yeah. Um, uh yeah, I just I like the tutus and I just next time let's pick it up a little bit. I also, bet the tutus is, make um, it like almost a different ballet, right? Like I can even just seeing like kind of yeah. the videos of it, it makes it more like uh, um imperial. <laughs> Good. <laughs> you on the nose? Well, you know what's funny? It's like, you know, when you watch Scotch Symphony and you're like, okay, Sylphide. Like mm-hmm. I watch Ballet Imperial and I'm like, oh, it's it's a you know, Sleeping Beauty. We're watching right. Balanchine do Sleeping Beauty. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And the tutus really probably make it feel more so than the skirts. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. Just, yeah. Different. But it was it was fun experiment. Yeah. Uh, what do we have next on the list? What do you have? Okay. Well, we have already talked. To, I think I've already talked about this plenty. I mean, we certainly we interviewed Mira prior. Mira Nadon, the star of the show of Copeland Dance episodes prior to its premiere. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure we talked about it after but copeland was just i was totally blown away i love 
um, the first section, Rodeo, which premiered by itself, uh, I think around 2015. Um, and this is a ballet I've gotten okay. to stage. So mm-hmm. I, it was hard to kind of imagine what bringing the other Copeland score, ballet scores into the mix would have looked like or if it was mm-hmm. going to work. And then he turns it into this like hugely cinematic to me masterpiece. I just I couldn't believe like the whole journey it took us on. And um, I don't know the way that, you know, you have these twin. They're like uh, there's relationships that are going in opposite directions. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, one thing like rodeo by itself is just like a very beautiful, happy little love story. Like meet cute. And then we go Mm -hmm. off stage happy. And mm-hmm. then in Copeland, well, I don't, I don't know. Is this spoilery? No. Well, we let's just say we have one. Co- <laughs> you know, <laughs> I think by the time you see, by the time you see the ballet, you'll either have forgotten or I don't think it'll. I think Mira told us it. that there but, was a arc. Yeah. Yeah. So that couple ends up, you know, breaking down and and separating, and then while you witness another couple coming together, like these t- more two more independent people finding unity in their partnership and then the two people that were originally in this um pre-established relationship breaking away from one another and it's just very really heartbreaking and beautiful but then there are so many other great sections that um aren't about that sort of narrative arc um you know there's like a really wild section where Mira's just like throwing her legs around and then she's like she's got these four other tall ladies the tallest women in the company and they're all just like legs. devouring space and <laughs> it's really thrilling so i just i love the ballet i went to see it three times and i got better every single time i just felt like and you know oh this was a this is interesting info for the pod justin when i mentioned i felt like it was like an epic film and i couldn't exactly place what but i was like i mean it's like John Ford or Paul Thomas Anderson or Francis Ford Coppola, even though it's not like any of them, but it's just like that scale where it's like, I feel like it's so zoomed, like the director is so zoomed out to plan everything so meticulously Mm -hmm. to make it work over the course of this really long evening. Um, And he was like, well, that's what I did. I like, this was after West Side Story. So I looked at it like a movie and I remembered everything that Spielberg had taught me Mm. and what I took from the set. I was like, oh, that is so how cool. Yeah, yeah. It makes so much sense. It comes across. Yeah. Copeland Dance Episodes is coming back in February. So I recommend everybody see it. Uh, Well, Russell is retired now. Russell was very beautiful in that in the second group with Miriam Miller. So Mm -hmm. we'll get a new one of the protagonists will be someone new. So something Mm -hmm. else exciting to see. That's um nice. Justin well, is a, a, doing a whole bunch of other stuff too that seems cool right now. He's doing some musical theater stuff. It just seen a lot of cool mm-hmm. stuff. Sufjan going. musical. I know. Yeah, we'll he's a busy, 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 busy bee. Hear about it. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um and Buena Vista Social Club, uh, which is happening right now. Yeah, we got it. I I mean I have to personally catch up with it too. <laughs> <which is so laughs> he's busy. busy. <laughs> I know, I know. We just text like little things here and there. Like, okay, so this might be a decent time to mention I'm staging rodeo. This is happening mm-hmm. super last minute uh, in Dresden, which is a fabulous company in Germany. Mm-hmm. And, um, but we've been it's having soon. to talk about some of, yes, I'm flying on January 1st to start work on the 2nd. But um, we've had to discuss changes that happened during Copeland Dance episodes and mm. what we want to keep or what we don't and i asked him um because i've just mentioned how this relationship changes like 
in in Copeland Dance episodes, when we meet the Mira mm-hmm. and the Russell, um, Justin changed it because for the arc of that ballet, it makes sense that you're dropped in with them already clearly having known one another. Mm-hmm. Um, like they they are. I don't know at what point in the relationship, but they're, you know, let's say years in, they're established. It's not, it changes the whole color of the ballet. I bet. Like it's, it's not, um, meet cute anymore. And I was wondering, I'm like, I don't know if that's going to work as well in like a standalone. I love mm-hmm. both. I mean, mm-hmm. I think it's so essential for Copeland for it to be that way, but I also really love in rodeo. Um, but it's just so fascinating. There's a section we call the conversation, um, where it's very slow in the potata and they're just kind of responding to one another, not a lot of movement. Um, but that conversation when you don't know each other and when you do becomes entirely different. And so I just mm. love watching that and watching the dancers explore that. So we had to kind of figure out what we wanted to do for the ballet. So there's some some changes will make it in to the standalone rodeo and some things are going to be the same. So you, that's been you know what I'm remembering combo. right now when we talked to Mira about this ballet, we were saying we wonder what's going to happen when rodeo is a standalone ballet. So will this be like the first time it's being staged since Copeland was created? Yeah. So this will be like, itself, this is the first yeah. time he's trying to decide like what changes will make it and which ones won't. Yeah. That's interesting. So yeah. to prepare now you've set the ballet before on Miami city ballet. Is that the only, or did you do it one other time too? I've, I did um, selections of it at two universities. So that's right. Okay. Um, You've done different. so much yeah. now. It's hard to keep up, frankly. Wow. <laughs> Th- oh, thanks, Becky. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I'm wondering how your preparation, because we've talked about this before. You have films that you go back to that you watch to, in order to prepare for it. I know that's what you're doing right now. How are you adding in the view? Are you watching Copeland videos, too, to kind yeah. of like... I am. Yeah, I am. I Because there are meaningful changes that I have to learn. It's not too much, but the, I, I like all of them. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, it's it's always fun when someone, when the choreographer, when the, you know, the artist <laughs> make, does something where like, you know, at first you want to be like, no, I'm, I'm partial to this. I liked it. You know, that was right. what I did. Or, or like, <laughs> right. that's the way I staged it. I liked yeah. it this way. And then you're like, you see what they've done and you're like, okay, no, actually this is better. That's why you made a change. Yeah. That's why you're the creative and I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. We'll have to catch up too during the process and find out. Cause I'm curious too, like if you try a change, like you're talking about in the conversation section, for example, and then when you're watching it, like if, if you'll have a conversation with Justin where you're like, oh, it's not working or like whatever, or like, is he going to see it? Is he coming? Is he going to be able to come and see? I doubt he will just because he's Schedule. a very busy yeah. man. And it's in the middle of um, New York City Ballet's spring season that it premieres. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you'll still be in touch with him and mm-hmm. you guys still talk about it and stuff. Yeah. It's on a very exciting program, too. It's like a very super American program. It's Serenade, Rodeo, and In the Upper Room. Oh, how it's fun. Who's setting right? um, yeah. Serenade in Upper Room? Do you know? I don't know yet. I don't know. Yeah. Wonder, Do you think it's going to be happening at the I'm same hoping, time? I wonder how their schedule works. It's not. I mean, I'm while I'm staging it, it's not happening. And then I don't even know if I'm going back because I have a an opposing staging also in Europe that we will discuss mm-hmm. at a later time. I can't once wait the contract to is talk signed. about it. Oh, I'm so excited <laughs> to talk about it. Yeah. But Please. I really hope I am off. I am off the days that they 
that it premieres in Dresden. So hopefully I can just jet over Hop and over. see it because I would I would love to see it. That's yeah. fun. Okay, so this is just like you're going just to set it and then like the performances aren't right after. I was wondering about that too. No, sometimes no, no, every It's so interesting how all your stagings are different. Everyone's different. That. But yeah. generally it does seem like you leave and come back or the performances are at another time, right? Most of the That's time. Kind, that seems to kind of be typically how it's mm-hmm. going lately. Yeah. Yeah. Can we uh, talk about, um, oh, do we have, we have one more thing? Do we have a couple more things? Yeah, we have, we have like a couple more things. Um, what else do we have? There's been a lot of good dance writing and I thought that was worth shouting out. Yeah. Um, you know, Marina Harz's book uh, on Alexei Romansky was great. It was such an, a fabulous insight to this artist who's just dominated, um, you know, the conversation on 21st century classical ballet choreography. Um, Can I add something in there that the audiobook yeah. is now available too, Ooh, in case people so. are into that? And I think the same for Jennifer Homan's book, which I'm assuming is going to be the next thing you're going to talk about. <laughs> but I just I've well, started that... listening to audiobooks recently, and so I just wanted to say I know a lot of people enjoy that, so mm-hmm. that's an existence out there. Mm-hmm. Well, Jennifer's book came out not this year, so I wasn't going to say it, but oh, we're always going to say it. <laughs> we talked about it a lot this no, year. I mean, though, yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. Well, we just had that like that was like that was one of our highlights. I think that was one of our favorite conversations. It was the live podcast we did with her in Vale. Just ugh, we so just fun. we love her, and um, just gives you like the the ballet the good tingles, you know, like the like ugh, it makes you remember why you love ballet and mm-hmm. um, yeah. Yeah. So that that was fabulous. So yes, definitely. If she if her audio book is out as well, check that out. Um, mm-hmm. And also, I wanted to shout out Peter Bull's book, Illusions of Camelot, because um, I just am really into this new um, this new style of dance book, which is it's by a dancer, and you know we talk about dance kind of a little bit here and there, but it's just these personal moments, like mm-hmm. final chapters of the book with Peter in Peter's book are just so deeply personal and wounded and vulnerable and beautiful. And it, it made me think a little bit of um when uh, in James's book, James Whiteside's book, um, that when he talks about the death of his mother, and it's just like these kind of really unexpected moments where you're just like, I thought I was reading a ballet book, and now you're just making me feel about life and, you know. Right. Um, just very universal things that anyone anywhere could could um feel um so yeah so peter bowl's book definitely another one it was great to talk to him about that too i really enjoyed we talked a lot about dance books this year i feel like and i really Mm -hmm. i really enjoyed i mean just last week we had mary landis on and Mm -hmm. you know again another like i like that all these books kind of well i mean they are about different subjects and Mm -hmm. i think they respond to or speak to rather um different people or different definitely different sides in a single person um yeah so check out miriam's books as well yeah and And i just think think too like there's so many like we can identify as dancers with so many moments in these books but then i think like exactly like you're saying anyone who's reading them their personal bits that are you know universal and so i think that that yeah is so touching too and what makes mm-hmm. it makes them really great really great books mm-hmm. for the final best of it's a little silly but it's just like it's definitely best of it's just kate harlan's fuetes that's all <laughs> that's the tweet that's kate harlan's fuetes 
I mean, they are so freaking crazy. I mean, I'm sure that was the same way at ABT too. Like she did Keytree there and other or I think she when we saw them. When we saw them, it's our 2023. So I'm sure others. Well, Kate was been. I'm sure she'd been doing 32 footage across the country. ABTB touring, you know. So hopefully this is something, you know. Yeah, that uh, more people have seen because it's just wild. Yeah, I've just never seen someone. I don't think I've seen someone do better fuetes. Yeah, like that left arm comes in so hard. She's just so on. She's like the whip of the neck and the strength of the supporting side. And there's a neck freedom. It reminds me of Jeanette and Jeanette Delgado in the way of the neck freedom. And I'm like, is that the trick? Is that what? Yeah. Is that what I'm missing? Is the we're popping yeah. your necks as we're talking about it? Because yeah. I don't ours go like that. <laughs> I was, oh, that's so funny because I was literally just thinking about how stiff my head is. Like <laughs> I would never be able to spot anymore. Like no, but Jeanette, they just have like those owl heads, you know? Like they're <laughs> like <laughs> it's an owl. It's owl. It's giving owl. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's wild. Oh, can I add one more thing that I was just thinking of when I was thinking of Vale was um and. Damien Wetzel did this when we were at um, performing in Vail because we did Serenade there. And I remember him having the audience stand up and he taught like mm-hmm. the first section Portabra. And so this year they did a night with um, and then this year they did a night with Jennifer Homans um, when they were talking about Balanchine in honor of her book, Mr. B. And he taught everybody Serenade and we stopped. We were in the audience. I was sitting next to um, Miriam. <laughs> And as we were doing it with the music, I started crying. And I remember afterwards, she was like, are you crying? And I was like, you'll understand one day. <laughs> like, it felt like doing it again. It was really yeah. nice. It was a oh, nice that was, that's, that was a nice moment. Yeah. yeah. And then that, they had, they um, played the music too and everything. You know, so it like really felt like we were all doing it with the dancers on stage. It was very fun. So that was a highlight too. That was beautiful. Yeah. Well, well g- bye to 2023. <laughs> bye. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Anything else you want to say, say to our listeners? Yeah. I want to hear really quickly before we finish about what you've been up to in San Diego, because I haven't gotten to really touch down with you on that so much. And I'd like to hear about it. Right. Well, I've been um, working with Golden State Ballet. So it's a, uh, relatively new company it's only a few years old um and the artistic director is Raul Salamanca who I danced with in Boston Ballet and his wife Cindy Wong who um danced with us in Miami City Ballet Mm -hmm. Um, what's her official title maybe it's artistic associate or something of that nature Cindy is doer of all the things well what I love about this company um aside from the fact that I think the dancers are fabulous um it just has this like energy that reminds me we got a little bit of a taste of it at Miami City Ballet. Of course, Miami City Ballet, when we joined, was probably closer to 20 years old. And this company is like three years old. Mm-hmm. But that sort of like everyone has to be in it at all moments in order to get it off the ground. There's no part of it that feels kind of like business like or perfunctory and just like, well, here we are. You know, it's like. Mm-hmm all the things i don't know there's an energy and an excitement and the people that are there they hired really good dancers um who i think are just so excited to be embarking on their professional careers um they did a lot of different casts like four different casts i think for 
um, 10 shows. So Nutcracker. You were there getting all the people out. Yeah. Getting there. I was there for Nutcracker. Again, for me, this was really fun because um, it was the first time I worked, like been associated with a professional Nutcracker since we retired. Mm-hmm. So getting to be there for the whole experience, you know, I worked with the kids. I worked with all the adults. You know, I worked with, yeah, everyone from like, they have like baby mice and to Sugar Plum and the Grandpa. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Yeah, I just was, I love, you know, we love the Nutcracker. So it's just so fun to be around for a full run of it like that. Yeah. Um, they had How a many shows did they have? Did you just say that? I mean, it was, it's 10 this year. Yeah. Wow. That's but a lot. Expand, yeah. For, for a new, well, it's also for a, new a brand company. new production. Yeah. So Raul re-choreographed. And so it's like, you know, just, it was fun because it was a lot of like, okay, what's working? What does this? And, you know, Cindy and I would be like, well, I don't think that this narrative, like, I didn't get that that. Is supposed to, is what's happening right now. Or my eye was drawn over here, and then Raul would like tinker mm-hmm. with it, and um, you know, it was a really um involved, fun thing to do. So and that's cool I love working with them on a, when you're setting a ballet. It's very much like here's what it is, and yes. I'm telling you, kind of yeah, yeah. So this was yeah, it's a, like a different kind of investment, and I would I taught every day, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, it was. It was just already so cool to see the way that the company has grown from when I was there in April, doing increases to now. The company's already much larger. The dancers that I worked with in April are already like somehow leaps and bounds better than they just were. Um, Like it's just it's very exciting to be a part of it. Just you know you want to feel like you're you're a part of something bigger than yourself, and I feel like that's what the the that company gives everyone right now so it was i was very sad to leave (laughs) that's so great to hear i'm so happy that's so great yeah all the things i've seen online like the videos and stuff seeing them and and you being with chantel is so cool i went to (gasps) school with her when we were baby babies um Mm -hmm. and that's so cool to see her dancing she's so beautiful she i mean she is killing it she yeah i cried when she did do drop it was you know it's just like she's had a different career path you know she didn't join a major company right out of school um uh so this is like 20 almost 20 years after well 20 years after we went to school together and a little bit less than when she graduated and here she is like doing this huge lead so beautifully um so you know just like at the peak of her powers so much later mm-hmm. than most people do mm-hmm. get to experience so but right. that's like so beautiful too to be like you're here you are at this age and you're living the best part of it you know you're mm-hmm. not like you and me <laughs> exactly. you're not you like you and me sitting out in right. the audience being like oh that was so beautiful i'm right. so glad i had it but it's over yeah you know so in a way like especially when chantelle's performing i just feel like you know it makes you she draws you up there and makes you feel like you're still doing it i realize we didn't say her last name chantelle pianetta um but she also is a swing dancer and like yeah but like really good and get and is like winning awards right like it's so cool to see yeah she's She's just so amazing so cool (laughs) so cool we should have her on the pod too yeah that'd be fun Mm -hmm. oh well i'm glad that that was fun that's so nice to be be a part of nutcracker i feel like we're you know through instagram i can be a part of it too you know, yeah. watching everybody do not crack. Yeah. <laughs> I guess yeah. that's wrapping up for I mean, most it, people now. 
Yeah, they probably have like most people make it to Christmas Eve and then mm-hmm. um, some after curtains, right? And then, yeah, and then well, curtains. New York City Ballet goes after. Oof, yeah. But the dancers are, who I are mean, still going, you can do it. We used to do that. You we can do it. it. Yeah, I know. We didn't. Screen? We didn't used to used to do it, but then like so there was a switch midway to. through that was disgusting. <laughs> yeah, I really didn't. I liked being done. Remember when we used to be done on Christmas Eve, and then we like, Christmas had a break. Eve. It was so, so nice. Like so few companies did that. It was really amazing. Yeah. I don't know if this is unpopular opinion or not, but we would miss Thanksgiving, but then get Christmas. Like we'd be in Naples, Florida for Thanksgiving, which Mm -hmm. I mean, I really preferred that. Like who cares about Thanksgiving? Yeah. Get me out of there by Christmas. Right. Yeah. It was really a dream schedule. Honestly, it was really nice. And then when they switched, it was, that was sad. And then they still do that. I think that's when they're doing, (laughs) I think that's when they're coming to West Palm. And I was thinking about, I was like, oh, should I go? And then I'm just like, I don't really want to go see Nutcracker after. After Christmas. Sorry about it. Yeah. You know? (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Well, maybe, maybe a cast can entice you. We'll see. You know? We'll see. We'll see what everyone's doing. That's true. Um, Well, gosh, you know, another, another year of COD. We did it. How many years Oh, wow. We just... We keep be doing years. We keep doing years. <laughs> uh, but we have some exciting stuff scheduled. We've already um, recorded our first couple episodes um, for the new year that will be coming out. And we were just talking to, we're going to do some more episodes, just us, you know, because it's nice to touch down together. And yeah, really uh, yeah. people like it. We we get confused because we don't believe that people would like it because we're like, who wants to <laughs> listen to us? But um. We do hear Actually, that yeah. people like it. <laughs> yeah, through through feedback and numbers. Know, frankly, through the numbers, through the numbers, they don't lie. The so we will be trying to give the people a little bit more of what they want. Yeah, so yeah. We're I mean, gonna... that's always fun for us. I don't care. I love sitting and having an excuse to talk to you. <laughs> yeah, same. I know it's true. Um, so we'll be doing that, and I don't. No, if we have, I mean, we'll just, you know, we're going to keep plugging along as we do here. And we have some, we've really grew this year, which is so special. We have a lot of new listeners. So those of you who are new, we love you. And all those of you who have been here for a long time, gosh, we love, love you too. too. <laughs> <laughs> it's all so right. Special well, thank you. Thank you for another year, Becky. And I'll thank see you, you in 2024. <laughs> okay. All right. Bye, Mikey. Bye, bye. bye everyone. Conversations on Dance is part of the ACAST Creator Network. For more information, visit conversationsondancepodpod.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM 
for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.